everyone, welcome back to the Restless Podcast. This is your host, Jonah Boss. On the Restless, we extract knowledge, tactics, and stories from entrepreneurs who have carved their way to fulfill the life they've always dreamed of. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Restless Podcast. everyone welcome back to this episode of the restless podcast it's been a while um since our last episode after a long summer we usually do this uh throughout the winter there's stuff during the winter months so in the summertime just kind of take it easy but uh guys you're gonna really really love this guest of the corker collective steph corker uh that's how you pronounce it is that right that's right okay perfect steph spent over 15 years in the land of recruitment talent development and people brand strategy. Now she develops and connects thriving individuals to other leaders to their desired industry. I uh, want you to expand on that a little bit. I find that super cool going through your website. Um, and just like briefly from my understanding, you are, you're bridging the gap between people who are trying to find what they want to do within their given skill set and leadership styles. Is that kind of correct stuff? Well, I think, I mean, our website is a collection of words and um, as websites are online and what we actually, you know, get to do uh, sometimes is hard to put to words. Uh, I started this business because I'm super passionate about relationships and about the power of connecting people to work and to leaders that they love. Uh, I've shared this on other podcasts. I wanted to be, I wanted to get into the dating world and create a new offline dating option and that failed many times over and so recruiting was the better option. Uh, I spent a lot of time inside corporate organizations leading recruiting functions and what I saw was that businesses can have great ideas. Businesses can actually get venture capital quite easily to the tune of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't put millions of dollars behind someone who cares about building your business or building your brand and you have to just find the right person and it's chemistry and it's humans. And so, yeah, that's how it all began. A passion for recruitment and connecting humans to jobs they love. We complain. Yeah. We complain about partners and we complain about bosses and I can't do anything about partners, but maybe your therapist can. And yet I would love to think that we can do something about bosses. So anyway, quickly is we run a recruiting business. We run a talent development, um, and, and manager development side of the business that really supports people in not being jerks. And it supports managers to be the best manager that they can be. So people won't quit their job. That's super neat. Like when I'm just almost imagining you starting this, like, is it you, you know, out and about having coffee or maybe at a bar or something like that. And you're talking to people who don't like their job and you're like, Hmm, like, how do I, like, how do I make it easier for you? Or is that something that kind of sparked? you? No. So you won't find me at a bar (laughs) and I like to drink sometimes, but not a lot. And I like to go to bed really early before double digits. Uh, the long story short is that I was in Toronto and I moved to Vancouver and took a three week contract gig to hire the executive team for the Vancouver 2010 Olympics. Mm -hmm. And in three weeks I would literally pound a phone book and call people all over the world and convince them to come to Vancouver, BC to be a part of our 2020 games. And that experience changed my life because I learned that people would pick up their families and move to a new city for an opportunity. 
and I wanted to do that and I wanted to do more of it and I didn't stop. And then LinkedIn was born and then people don't, you know, leave voicemails anymore. Um, but that's how it began to just witness firsthand the power of people moving across the world with their families, picking up their lives to commit to doing something that they love. That's super neat. I just want to backtrack a little bit uh, more to your childhood, you know, bringing back the past. And now is in Toronto, you said you grew up in Toronto? Yeah, my, my brother and I grew up just north of Toronto in a place called Aurora. Okay, yeah. And when you were in high school, did you find, I guess, some of the characteristics um, of yourself now? Is that something that you displayed in, you know, maybe early years of high school, maybe university, if you went, and we'll dive into that as well. Um, but have you seen yourself change or evolve? Or were you always this type of person? Um, well, I think that we always are who we are. Yeah. Uh, and I think that we are always changing. Mm -hmm. So that's a tricky question. Mm -hmm. um, I spent my youth as a competitive swimmer. I swam yeah. during high school. I swam during university. And I didn't spend very long in high school. I left after three, just over three years and went to university quite young. Um, and, you know, I look back 20 years ago mm -hmm. and there's a lot that's quite similar. Mm -hmm. Of course, I've always had an entrepreneurial bend, um, but I never took the risk and, you know, fully and completely until I launched this business six years ago. Mm -hmm. That's like something I want to dive into a little bit is kind of getting off the deep end. You know, so many people are so afraid uh, of diving into the deep end and taking those risks, right. And asking mm -hmm. themselves almost so many questions where they're talking themselves out of it. Uh, I just want you to expand on that a little bit and maybe through your experience, but I know something, you know, for me, when I started in the hockey representation business, I had to dive in right away and mm. even go, you know, try and get the best players I possibly could without even second guessing myself. Mm. Right? Like it's so hard. Yeah. I mean, I think that jumping in off the deep end is, is deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is scary and it's not to be um, taken lightly. And I think you know, I say this to many people, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. It's the hardest way to pay your mortgage. It's incredibly stressful and life can be stressful. Um, not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur and that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. And I think what's not okay is to know how you want to live your life, to know what's super important to you, to know who is super important to you and not follow that path. Mm -hmm. Um, that does not mean that the only way to fulfillment or the only way to bring your purpose to life is to start a company. Right. And in this day and age and, you know, lessons of COVID, I think mental health is enormous. And I think the mental health of running a business is also enormous. And so, um, you know, I, I will tell you that I had a nest egg and I said, I am going to try my hand at this business for one year. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, I am going to go find another job. So I had a really definitive pool, so to speak, that I was jumping into. I might've been jumping off a diving board, but I knew that if in 12 months it was just belly up, I would swim to the side of the pool and get out and go find a new job. Right. Um, however, I really had to dump, you know, dive in off the diving board. Like I had to go all in to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know that I have I, I think there's a lot of opinions and I think they're all very justified in, in, do you go all in? Do you not? What's your relationship with all in? And I think that's actually more, what's your relationship with risk and who are the other relationships you have in your life that will help you if you fall on your face? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a really good opinion. Um, and now I guess when moving towards the core collective and kind of almost when you, I guess, got started and how it's evolved today, there mm. is, I'm sure, a multiple step process on, on the onboarding side. Mm. I don't want to dive into that now is the onboarding stuff and how you go from point, I mean, I guess point A to point Z mm. essentially. So when you first started, I'm sure it was a lot simpler. Of, of a step-to-step process maybe. And then now it's just like evolved to like these crazy, maybe incubator type, you know, training mm. and all that stuff. Right. So I just want to dive into, I guess the steps of mm. your company and how it works. Yeah. I guess to answer your question from A to Z is, um, I knew how to go from A, B to C, mm-hmm. but I did not know how to go from D to Z. Right. <laughs> and so there were a few things that I knew for sure and everything else I had to figure out, I had to create, I mm-hmm. had to call people, I had to call many people um, along the way. And I often catch myself thinking, when was the first time or when was the last time I've done something for the first time? And if it's gone too long, I know that it's time to create something new. However, creating something new is highly disruptive, it's risky, sometimes it doesn't work, and, yeah. and you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's on my shoulders, and I'm responsible for it, and so I'm mindful of that, and sometimes, you know, there's moments in life that I don't have the capacity for newness, so I need to be steady Eddie, um, yet more often than not, it's, it's a cycle that continues, the same year one here we are in year six and I'm still learning the steps, how to get from D to Z, D to Z, D to Z. Um, but I, I've, I've really got A, B and C dialed and no matter what we create, I know why we exist. I know who we do this work for and I know that I'm really passionate about it. So with those three first steps, then I go forth and, and try to create newness. Yeah. And there's probably not a lot of people that do what you do at that type of level. Is it like, oh, like, like no, I am not unique. There are 144 other recruitment agencies alone in Vancouver. Um, and I will tell you that I think that what we offer and who we are is unique yeah, that's because what I mean. we offer, you know, things beyond recruitment. But yeah. I think at the end of the day, uh, what I would tell you is that we've only just been true to ourselves. Yeah. And I hope that most companies or most entrepreneurs um, get to say that. You know, they get to say that I've created something that's true to me. Yeah, because I know for sure there's a ton of recruitment agencies out there. A ton. ton tons. Yeah. Yeah. But your culture is what stands out to me because it mm. seems very tactical. It seems very involved. It almost seems like uh, a program, essentially, mm. right? Where you work very, very close with the people around you and, and clients and obviously building relationships with other companies so you could connect those people together, right? Yeah, I think it just maybe goes to show how, how different people create relationships differently. Yeah. There's lots of different ways to have relationships um, in this world. Something that I really love is snail mail. Um, mail. So, you know, I, I really value authentic communication. I'm really not good at being a robot and people might say that I'm not very good at being corporate and I'm okay with all of that. Now, if I were to come on board, let's just say, you know, I'm a client of yours, right? What is a the first thing? or an employee? An employee. <laughs> you want to come work with me or you want me to work for you? Well, I want to be, I guess, the person where you work on to get a job for. Okay. Oh, okay. You're not, you're neither then. So if you want a new job, that's free for you. Right. Yeah. So you're working with people who are trying to find jobs though, correct? Is that, is, is that correct? Yeah. 
I okay. work with people who want to find jobs. However, our company works with clients who want to find people. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because I'm just wondering yeah. what the first steps look like um, when you're working with those type of people, right? So do you work with them in a classroom setting? Is it like a boardroom setting? Do you, you know, have one-on-one sessions with them? How does it work on yeah. your end? Well, maybe I would ask you this question. If you weren't working for yourself, how would you look for a job? Oh, for sure. I would go online and submit my resume somewhere. Or maybe walk into a bunch of places and introduce myself, you know. Okay. I love it. Right? Yeah. I guess that would be the biggest thing. I'm not the type of person that probably does the whole resume online thing. I just don't see the needle moving too far doing that just because it's not Mm. face-to-face interaction. Mm. So I would walk around probably and go to a bunch of places that are applicable to what I want to do and introduce myself to those people. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a, there's COVID. So not a lot of offices are open. <laughs> I guess now. And yeah. B, um, you know, we work with clients across North America and we yeah. work with people that might be in different cities and different locations and will get relocated for their work. Mm-hmm. So, um, you're absolutely not wrong. Pounding the pavement, knocking on doors. It's totally an option. Um, We leverage social quite a bit. We do a lot of work through LinkedIn and we have a program that runs weekly called the now what, and -hmm. the goal of the now what is a seven day course to help people uncover what the work is. They really want to be doing uncover how to write a resume, how to ask for references, how to negotiate offers, all of those sorts of things. So that's something that we offer to candidates, if you will. Um, But really, our work is done in managing client relationships. And so that's with companies that are looking to hire um, executives most of the time. Mm -hmm. And um, we work with them to uncover what they're looking for. And then we have recruiters that go out and I like to say they're unicorn hunters and they go out and look for special people to present forward to the candidate for to the client rather. Super cool. Okay. Now I have a very clear idea of, of what goes on here. Um, now when it comes to leadership, I want to dive into that. Um, how would you describe your leadership style, uh, for yourself and, and and your culture? (sighs) That is a tricky question because Mm. what I would tell you is that I don't think I'm excellent at managing people. Right. Um, and I think there's a distinction between being a great manager and a great leader. And I don't think I'm great at managing people. Um, And I think that my leadership style is rather optimistic, is super enthusiastic, is pretty relentless, and is, is, you know, can be quite fast paced. Uh, I'm not excellent at details. And so I share all of those things because I'm the person that kind of can feel like a tornado. And I come Mm -hmm. into a room or I come into an office and I want to get something going that hasn't happened yet. And I want to inspire you to want to join me in doing this. Um, It works really well with some people and it works really poorly with others. If you're really into details or a sauna or step-by-step, I'm really not the person you ever want to work with. (laughs) Because I know, um, I know for me, if I were to, you know, be in a position maybe with yourself or working with other people, um, I'm a big like lead by example guy. I think I've always been like that throughout my whole entire life. And I think people could relate to where, you know, I'm not the type of person like, you know, look over someone's shoulder and say, Hey, you should be doing this, 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 and this is more so, you know, tagging people in emails and CCing people in emails or like maybe showing other people how it's done just by example. Is that something you do more so of, or are you kind of like uh, tactical, you know, showing people hand in hand how to do things? Uh, I actually would take it to a different level and say, 
that I work with people that are awesome at what they do Mm -hmm. and they do what they do. Um, so I'm certainly not over the shoulder. We're a remote team. We all work from various places. Um, and what I would say is that we're very committed to the why we do anything and we're committed to all things as it relates to the brand. So how the brand speaks, the work the brand does. Um, we're really passionate about being athletes, about being mindful, um, about leaving things better than we found it. And so we have filters through which all of work goes through. So I think it's less about email. It's about, do you know why you're doing the work you're doing? And if so, then you'll know the right how. Mm. And, um, I'm, I'm really passionate about that and it filters into all areas of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, no, I could definitely tell. I know, um, you know, this might be, you know, a common question. Uh, it may not be a common question, but what is the, the biggest thing that you found when people are going to you and talking about their current experiences with their boss? Is it like a yelling boss? Is it an intimidating boss? Like I'm trying to get an idea of what the common thread is, I guess. I mean, that's a super loaded question because I don't think there's a common thread. And yeah. I think there's a lot of managers and there's yeah. a lot of bosses out there um, yeah. without question. I think that to flip that question on its head, what people want in a boss mm-hmm. is a lack of ego, is an approachability, is, a tr- is trust, is the ability to do good work, to be inspired to do better work, to have the autonomy to, you know, have ideas, have a contribution. They want clarity around how they know they're doing a good job. And so to come back to your question, it's, are you being a leader that's facilitating those types of things within your team? Mm -hmm. And if you're not, then are you prepared to deal with the consequence, which is either a disgruntled employee, an employee who's going to leave, an employee who might say negative things about you or your organization elsewhere. And it's a shame because we live in a world where it's really easy to talk negatively and not take responsibility. It's easier to just leave a company than to sit down with your boss and say, this really sucks. And I'd love it if you could be different. Mm -hmm. And our work and our hope is that we can give you the tools to have really courageous conversations. And I never, I mean, I never get wrapped up in the story. So if people want to tell me that, you know, their boss is all of these things, my question back is, what have you, you know, what have you told them? Right. Um, my question back is, so what are you going to do about it? Uh, and that can be tricky because ultimately at the end of the day, they might be paying for the roof over your head or for your, you know, mm-hmm. your groceries. And maybe you don't have the capacity or the bandwidth in your life to, you know, just uh, jeopardize that relationship. Yeah. And I've noticed too um, that I've told like from, from some people that, they're actually able to switch or convert their manager's styles on how, the, on how they work. So mm. let's just say there's a manager that is, you know, kind of old school quiet and they didn't, you know, give a lot of feedback or they didn't just have lack of communication, but mm. they would have employees come to them and ask them those type of questions. And then they would convert to like a more modern, like management style, mm. right? Cause that is a little bit old school. I think where, you know, there's a lack of communication. You don't get much feedback. You kind of just work for your boss type of thing. But now you look at cultures they're so interactive. It's like a program, right? They're so proactive in what they do, right? Well, I think that the world has changed. Big the time. world is continuing to change. Yeah. And I truly believe that at the heart and soul, we don't want anyone to live a miserable life. We yeah. don't want our partner to live a miserable life. We don't want to create, like no one thrives in creating 
a space in, in the workplace that doesn't bring people happiness and joy. I mean, right. this is, this is life. This is all we've got. So of course people are going to be open to, or I hope people would be open to, you know, some feedback or different ways of communicating mm -hmm. to enable joy. I mean, if we don't have joy, why do we go to work? You're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You spend the most time doing it. Absolutely. And the most stress. And the most stress. Yeah. How do you handle um, stress in, in, in your own way? You know, so for me, it's like going for walks, you mm. know, it's going to the gym, it's doing, mm. stuff, enjoying nature. Vancouver is the most beautiful place in the world to do that. Mm. Um, do you have any mindfulness practices, like stuff like that? Maybe morning routine, yeah. you know? Well, I did just get a puppy and this little puppy is changing my life because yeah, yeah. he reminds me that we only have today. He only cares about the hour that he's living in um, and he's a little monster. So wow. that's, that's definitely increasing yeah. the joy barometer right now. Yeah. Um, and also it's increasing the joy barometer and completely annihilating any form of routine I've ever had in my life <laughs> because I'm totally on his routine. Um, that being said, I always start my day with some form of sweat, be it a run or heading to the gym as well. Sure. Um, I, whether this is a lot or not, I, I do commit to meditating for 10 minutes every day. Awesome. I use the headspace app. Um, I find it super helpful. It's been critical at many junctures in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I try to drink water. I work with coaches and therapists. Yeah. I take self-care really seriously, and it hasn't always been easy. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, now for you, and of course with your company, technology has probably played a massive, mm -hmm. massive part in the evolution of obviously the world and how it's and how it's ran but yeah. your company you know i guess in more particular you know from where it started and where it is now mm. what piece of technology uh whether it's social media or whether it's i mean i don't know um uh, mm. has played the biggest factor in evolving your business i don't even know where to yeah. start with that i mean <laughs> six years ago i had a personal email address yeah. and a personal Gmail address and a personal calendar. And that right. was it. Um, I had a designer on contract and, you know, and that was it. So um, I look at now, you know, our involvement in, in a corporate G suite account, like right. that alone feels pretty enormous. Yeah. Um, and, and if I just look on like what's on our, you know, our Google drive, it blows my mind. Right. So um you know, if Google decided to take their business away, I would have a problem for sure. That's and, like us you know, too. It's like resources. Yeah. It's like, it's the vault. Yeah. <laughs> and if that thing got taken away, yeah, you're running for the hills. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's insane. Um, now to kind of like end off um, this interview a bit, yeah. uh, I, I kind of want to talk about... Um, not only where the world is, is heading, I guess, more, I guess more, I don't know, it's more pertaining to your business, but how people are changing the most when they're with you, do they get more open to having like conversations? Do you get people who are coming and like, or kind of, I wouldn't say sh shy or open to it, but mm. do you see people evolve with you when, I guess, when you work with them? Oh, what a loaded question. Um, you know, if I'm very honest, my brother, um, previously, he just went out on, on parental leave. Um, okay. yeah. 
he led the development and the coaching side of the business. Um, we've brought in a new partner and general manager and her name's Cecily Elmas and Cecily now runs the coaching side. And I think that the work that we do on the coaching side of the business is truly transformative. Mm -hmm. I think people open the kimono, they share everything about where their lives are at. Um, they come because they want to be better full stop in any area of their life. It's never only pertaining to work. And that's super special. It's super cherished. It's completely confidential. Um, right. But I know that when I even have team meetings with Sess, I am inspired by the questions she asks and by mm -hmm. how she makes me consider things in my own life. Mm -hmm. On the recruitment side, um, I would say that we're in a time and space where people are really vulnerable and where unemployment rates have never been higher uh, where opportunities are not nearly as abundant as they once were. And people are really honest about the impact of not having work. And it's been a bit of a bridge, you know, because of, of the emergency relief fund from the government that there's been some support and yet some people really want work. Um, and it's, you, you know, there's fear and there's trepidation in not having work. So I would say on the recruitment front, it can feel much more tactile that, you know, a square, round peg into a round hole. Right. I don't have a job or I have a job. I'd like a new job. I'm going to talk about that. Um, of course, like my favorite interview question is always what question haven't I asked you that I should know about, or what should I know about you that I can't find out about you on the internet. Right. And people tell me wonderful, wonderful things. And I'm always inspired by that. Um, yet truly and deeply the work of executive coaching of, of leadership development of leaders coming to want to be better leaders that feels transformative right. and I feel really blessed that that's part of our business. Awesome. I know uh, with this industry, it's, it's ever so evolving, but what mm -hmm. have you found to be the, another loaded question, kind of, uh, what have you found to be, <laughs> what have you found to be the biggest uh, industry gap as you evolve uh, and you continue mm -hmm. to, you know, collect information and have experiences maybe relating and doing your homework with other companies that are in the same industry. Uh, mm. what are you finding that is the biggest gap? And you seem super aware and proactive with your business where you just want to tackle that immediately, obviously, right? Just to pretty much do the best at your job and do the best that you possibly can, right? Well, I think I can answer this question yet perhaps not with a solution. So okay. I think the gap is that we are still really linear and it still feels super old school. We inspire or ask, not inspire, we request people to have their life on a piece of paper known as a resume sure. and we expect it to fit into boxes of this is what your job has been. This is the work that you have done. And it feels just so boring. Um, and yet that's the cycle that I don't know how to break. So the gap is how do we see people for more than who they appear to be on a piece of paper? And how do we get people to think about people beyond that? That feels super, super important. And I don't know the answer to that right now. Yeah. Um, that feels like a movement that will take a lot. And the second gap that feels enormous and cannot be overlooked is a commitment to hiring more females and more BIPOC folks. And um, it's a conversation that I will be a dog with a bone at. I will constantly be a supporter of, you know, said with all respect and all love, we need non-white male leaders right now yeah. more than ever. And yeah. um, 
you know, and for white male leaders that continue to hire people that look like themselves, we have a problem. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a really big change and a really big shift to, to be open to people. And it starts with seeing people for more than who they appear to be on a piece of paper. And, you know, like the easiest thing I can tell you is that a lot of BIPOC folks will not have the right piece of paper for you and you need to hire them anyway. And so inspiring leaders to start doing the right thing that is, is, you know, a bridge that I'd like to be yeah. a part of. It's actually yeah. crazy too, because you'd see like 10, 20 years ago, you see us evolving into a way where things are heading in the right direction. Like things are going okay, you know, and then all of a sudden technology came in to be such a factor where yeah. we forgot about the little details and everything. And we're almost going back to square one again and saying, are we actually having this conversation? Yeah. Still, are we actually having this conversation? Did we forget about everything we've worked on for the past yeah. 30 years? Yeah. Because people are now tunnel vision with their phones and this and that. And mm-hmm. they're forgetting about the fine details of everything. Exactly what you're talking about. Diversity, yeah. right? Like we just, okay. we just hired a female to champion a division. She's probably going to be better than all of us. <laughs> like, like, so, I mean, it, it, it comes down to exactly not just, you know, judging based on, you know, past trends or just looking at someone or until they start working in your business and giving them a shot, you probably totally. see that person's way better than you or that you could learn from them. Yeah. Right. Um, now to end it off, do you have any, uh, are you a reader? Like, do you, I am. I like reading. Can you, can you suggest, oh, put you on the spot. Uh, can you suggest uh, maybe any books or other podcasts you listen to on a consistent basis? Yeah. Well, I will tell you what has been hot for me this week. So yeah. I just Perfect. finished reading Essentialism and uh, that was an excellent book. Um, and it certainly has me really reflecting on what is essential and what is our relationship with things and people? Uh, what is our relationship with busy uh, what is our relationship with productivity mm-hmm. and how, how we can live more essentially. So super rocked my world. Yeah. And in terms of podcasts, I have been listening to, and granted some of these have been a little bit dated yet super relevant. Yeah. Um, if you search for Peter Crone, C-R-O-N-E, Peter Crone is based in LA and he is uh, a really brilliant mind. And what I have appreciated about his podcasts is the way in which he suggests that we can see circumstances differently. And um, it's been really influential. So essentialism uh, on paper and Peter Crone in my ears. Perfect. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. This is awesome. And finally You're get to so meet. welcome. Well, hopefully run into you in the future. Guys, make sure to check out this podcast, Apple iTunes and Spotify. Uh, Obviously our Instagram, share and love our info. And remember guys, never settle, stay restless. Perfect. Awesome. I'm going to stop recording here.